Welcome to Odin's Other Eye. This is Logan, Michael, and Giovanna. We don't have anything exciting to talk about as far as our what happened last week, because it's the same thing you heard in the last episode. Uh, we're currently going to do two. Uh, we're going to record two in the same night, because Giovanna and I are going on a vacation. My younger brother got married, and there's a reception in Michigan, so we'll be, um, we'll be gone. So I'm we're so jealous of you guys. Yeah, we're headed off to Michigan. Uh, if you've never been to Michigan, God's by the country. way, it is. That's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's I think so nice a pretty thing. underrated state, to be honest. Northern Michigan. Yeah, Northern. Detroit. Detroit kind of. <laughs> we don't. We don't really count it. No. I mean, when we talk about Michigan, we're talking about northern Lower Peninsula and Upper Peninsula. Yeah. Yeah, the UP is. Awesome. The UP is like a. It's like another version. That's like the U.S. version of Canada. It's pretty dope. It pretty much is Canada. Yeah. Hey, fun fact, by the way, uh, what was it? 70% of Canada lives below the U.S. border. Yes. And there is actually, the most southern point of Canada is actually below part of the state of California. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So if you live in California, you can claim that you, li- that you live in a state that's in a part of your state is more north than the most southern part of Canada. Oh, yeah, that's true, because Toronto, huh? Toronto, X. there's Toronto, and then there's an island in Lake Huron that's part of Canada. I think it's called Morris Island. Okay. Or something like that. Starts with an M. Uh, Odin's other eye. I mean, right. <laughs> we, we would have known that, but um, yeah, it's actually below the border between Oregon and California. There's a small sliver of California that's north of that. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So people think of like the Canadians like they live way up in the bush. Yeah. But the majority, 70% of Canadians live in uh, that part that's below Montana. Wow. It's below Montana, Idaho, completely below Idaho, Montana. Uh, so North Toronto Dakota. is a pretty big city, eh? Yeah. Canada is 33 million people in total. There's 55 million people in, in California alone. Wow. And Canada, as actually, it's, its country is about the same size as Europe, the whole continent of Europe. Yeah. And just California has more population than the entire country of Canada. And um, most of the, more than 80% of Canadians live within 100 miles of the U.S. border. Calgary, Edmonton, uh, you know, Toronto, obviously, and Quebec. Right. Quebec City. So, fun fact for the day. There you go. The more you know. Very random. Yeah, I learned that on a TikTok, so don't take it from me. I mean, I know it's true. I've I've read that before, but I did. I was reminded by a TikTok, so. Right. Um, anyways, today. Today we're going to be talking about the second part of Mr. E's email. He asks us how we deal with stress. And also, what was the other part? The stress and. Fear. Fear. Oh, yeah. What we fear, like, even though. It, basically, what he was asking was what. What do we look forward to? But we're also going to be talking about our fears because, I don't know, I feel like you can't, it's just something you got to talk about. Stress and fear kind of go hand in hand a lot of times. That's so. right. This is a funny little story, but uh, one time Logan asked me what my biggest fear was. This is when we were dating and I couldn't really think of anything. And I was like, I don't know that I like drown or something, I guess. And I was like, what was yours? And he's like. That I get really bored of my wife and leave her. And I was like, oh. I didn't say leave her. I didn't say leave her. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to leave my wife. 
I said that my biggest fear was that I would be bored. Do I keep you on your toes? Well, do you remember your cube? <laughs> yes. Touche. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, we did a cube activity. Highly recommend going back to do it. It's about your personality. I learned a lot about myself. And if you go back and listen to it and do the exercise, you'll learn a lot about yourself too. So I highly recommend that one. But like we said, this week we're going to be talking about stress and fears. So I'm just going to start off this whole conversation by saying one of my biggest fears in life. And I think I realized this fear when I was about 13 or 14. So I was in like high school, middle school, like middle school. I was in middle school. My biggest fear in life is that I will get married and maybe me and my wife have a kid or something like that. Maybe not. Maybe it's before that. But basically, she develops cancer or something happens and she dies super young. I feel like that that has just always... It's not like inhibited me from like pursuing relationships and stuff like that. But it's just always something that would like... Wow, that would be that would be tragic for my life. Brought to you by Penn Mutual. Get life insurance today. <laughs> Sometimes I'll like accidentally think of Logan dying for like a split second and start just crying. Yeah, I think it's a pretty natural fear. Yeah, L- losing people that are close to you is like obviously, like it doesn't not just Giovanna. Obviously, I don't want to lose Giovanna, but anybody, my family, friends, you know, it's hard to think yeah. about. It's a pretty general fear. I think anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Unless you are a red personality, maybe in that case, that's not what's most important to you. That's right. Again, from last week's episode, but yeah. What about you? What are you guys? What are you guys' fears? Uh, my my greatest fear has changed recently uh, since when the last time Juwan asked me. Before I was afraid of getting bored, basically because I hadn't found the girl that I was going to marry yet. So um, a lot of times in my relationships, I would get bored of the girls I was dating and then go date another girl. So I was afraid that that would keep happening to me. Like I wasn't going to be able to maintain a long-term relationship, but, and obviously, obviously I have the fear of like, obviously if Giovanna was to pass away, or, right. you know, that's pretty common. I think right now, right now, specifically in my life, my biggest fear is failing because I'm going the untraditional route of trying to, I didn't go work for somebody else. So I'm trying to do my own thing. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. Right. That also causes a lot of stress, which is the second thing that we were going to talk about. So, yeah, fe- failure of, um, no, fearing, fear of failure, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is, um, I think, also a common one for a lot of people. I mean, um, whether or not you're, you own your own business or not, you know. For sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention some other stuff later about, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. What about you, Giovanna? My biggest fear? Yeah, what is your biggest fear? Um, I think this is kind of random, but I have a very big fear of our freedoms taken away. That's a very legitimate fear. Uh, yeah, that's legitimate. Because uh, I think a lot of things are changing. Like what? And uh, just government-wise, there's a few things that are changing that I'm not a huge fan of. We don't have to go into them. But um, I think it'd be devastating to watch our freedoms be taken away. What would be the most tragic freedoms for you to lose? Um, that's a good question. I think for me, the right for, um, you know, for free, the free speech. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think that's really big. 
we watched a documentary the other day and, and not a documentary. It was just like a, it was an ad for World Economic Forum, I think. And they were talking about how they were trying to create a chip that can read your mind. Dude, and I was like, well, it's like in um, it's like in China that you get a citizenship score. Yeah, that's you know? weird. Uh, that basically, I mean, you're not allowed to say things. If you say a certain thing, your score goes down. You know, that's um, completely. That's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You get a score. Yeah, they watch everything you do over there. Um, no, no joke. Yeah. And, like, I hear people say, oh, the U.S. is the most surveillance country in the U.S., and that takes away our freedoms. I mean, are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me? China? North Korea? North Korea? Korea? Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Is this some kind of joke? Like, go, if you hate the U.S., go live there, you know? Yeah. Please. People who say stuff like that, they've obviously never lived in a different country. Yeah, and I've never lived in China, and I'll tell you what, I don't want to. Yeah. But we've lived in other countries that weren't as... How, what's the their their liberties they weren't, weren't as free yeah they weren't as free no basically yeah. Brazil great country you know I'm sure it was a great country I, I loved Argentina Giovanna's been to Chile many times and she's even she has a she has Chilean nationality and she also can you, you're not, you're a, a citizen of Chile right no not you don't, you don't dual not, citizenship not through your dad no. no I'd love to I think that'd be really cool you could get it though yeah yeah so Anyways, yeah, if you have any doubts about the freedoms in the U.S., go live somewhere else and then, and then talk. Yeah. You know, just talking about freedoms in general, if you have any doubts, go try it out somewhere else and then, and then talk to me about it. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear your opinion about how bad the U.S. is if you never left, you know, and not on vacation. No. You're spending U.S. dollars on money you made here. No. Go down there and try to get a job in their country, you know, and try to raise a... A family. A family or do anything like that. Start your own business. At least in South America. Good luck. Yeah. They all move here. And they love it here. And they love it. And they all say the same thing. They all say the people who say stuff like that, they they obviously haven't been to a place like where we've come from and experienced the things that we have. I mean, even people are like, oh, yeah, Canada. It's like, yeah, Canada's a good place to live, but um, you're still under... uh, you got the prime minister, they, and then they still recognize the queen the of queen. England as yeah. the crown. You yeah. know, so you're still under subject. You know, you're still subject to the crown. So, you know, it's like yeah. I mean, every place you know, there's freedom. Obviously, there's freedom in other countries, but yeah, having your fears stripped here in the U.S. is is a freedoms, legitimate yeah. fear. Your fear stripped here. In the oh, US? I'm sorry. Your yeah, freedoms, freedoms stripped in the U.S. Yeah. I think the reason why I fear it so much is because you have to be able to grow as a person. You have to be able to make mistakes and think freely and just go through life as, as a natural human being and be able to make your own decisions. Yeah. And so that's why I don't think it's right for anybody to have their freedoms taken away. But anyway, yeah, go on. Let's, let's move on from that. Let's not get too political here. If you guys have any fears that you would be comfortable sharing with us, send us an email. We I got think, this, we got this new email. I we, think we should start an Instagram. Odin's other eye, 801. Yeah. At gmail.com. At, g- at gmail.com. 801 is the uh, zip code that we're in. <laughs> area code, yeah. The area code, sorry. <laughs> yeah, 801 uh, area code. So Odin's out there, 801 at gmail.com. And send us send us emails. We like getting them. We've um, got one from Mr. E. We yeah, just, Mr. We're, we're waiting Mr. for yours. So anyways, about, yeah, so fears, um, as far as fears go, those are our, our fears. Uh, well, 
you know, things that we're afraid of. I think they're pretty logical. Now, how do you deal with stress, though? That's well, I want to. I still want to mention one thing about fears is that the fears that I have and that everyone has, they shouldn't inhibit you from living your life. Mm. Because if if you limit yourself based off of what you're afraid of, then you're never going to learn. You're never going to experience something new. And you have to step outside of your comfort zone. Like that could be one of your guys' fears is stepping outside of your comfort zone. I know sometimes it's a fear of mine, but it's not like a general fear of mine. I'm, I'm generally okay with em- embarrassing myself. Like two weeks ago, I posted all these like old video clips of me in a broadcasting class at high school. Dude, they were super embarrassing. And I like to this day, like I still think like when I see those, I, I just think, what was I thinking and why did I write those scripts that I, I, you know, did? And not everybody has, I mean, like everyone has their own fears, obviously. Um, Some of those have to do with anxiety though. Right. Which is something that Giovanna talks about a lot. Um, We met a girl uh, one time that her anxiety was so bad. She couldn't even answer the front door. And she was in in college Like she had her own apartment. When someone knocked on the door, she couldn't go open it up. He's right. too afraid. It's like what? What could be behind the door? I mean, as part of human, but part of me kind of like empathizes with them. Like, what if something traumatic happened to them? You know, like I, I kind of like dabble on that line, but at the same time, I feel like there's a point in your life when you have to move on from all that stuff. Well, how do you work through it? You know, that's so, Giovanna. You're she's playing solitaire again. <laughs> I'm listening the whole time. You don't have to call me out, sir. We just want the viewers to know, what you're, or the listeners to know what you're up to. Yeah. They can't see us. Also, if you're really good at solitaire, we dare you to challenge Giovanna to a game of solitaire. It's, it's a one-player game. It's a one-person game. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll do it somehow. But challenge Giovanna. Maybe in, like, score and time. But. So, so talking about anxieties and fears, babe, um, they kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, it depends, like, like we just barely talked about our, our biggest fears in life, you mm-hmm. know? But those are different from, like, me going back to school, for example. I have a fear that I'll fail again, you know? And that's a different fear than me being stripped of my freedoms living in America. Yeah. They're very different things. And anxiety, they do go hand in hand, but um, anxiety can be offset by something else. Being afraid of something can give you anxiety. Yeah. So how do you work through it? Well, it depends on what you're working with, what what issue you have. Um, let's take therapy. Uh, you got to go to therapy. If you have issues, go to therapy. Let's go with a, like a social anxiety. <laughs> go to therapy. <laughs> go to therapy. <coughs> Excuse me. You got to find a good therapist first of all. If you're going to go to therapy, you should therapy shop or therapist shop. Um, just like if you you're not going to go to a store trying on a pair of shoes and it's perfect. You got to find a good therapist first. Um, I always talk about anxiety or other mental health issues as if they're a giant brick wall that goes a thousand miles one way and a thousand miles the other way. And it goes super, super high and they dug it down really deep. You can never just like get around it, get around it. You have to go through it. You have to like fingers clawing through it, go through it. Cause it sucks. But, um, yeah, go to therapy Work through it and be open to working through it. If you go to therapy and your therapist is like, yeah, you have anxiety, don't stop there. Don't want to. If you want to make changes. Yeah, if you want to make changes. 
I feel like we live in a society right now where everybody people, and their brother's got anxiety right now. Well, it, anxiety is such a it's a complex thing. I think it's a very overprescribed word. Well, I, I mean, there know. are a lot of anxieties, but if it was the 1800s, they would just say, you know. Get over it. Yeah. You're either going to die. Grab yourself by your bootstraps and get yeah. going. It'd be like, well, okay, you have another option, so just stand up and keep going, you know? Well, okay, so anxiety is. So think about thousands of years ago when people felt anxiety. They were probably being chased by like a saber-toothed tiger or something. Some like, or a woolly mammoth or like a giant animal that could kill them. What do they do? If they have that anxiety, what is their body telling them to do? Go to therapy. (laughs) No, (laughs) find a therapist. Fight or flight. Yeah. So we have progressed so quickly over the past hundred years to where we work at desk jobs now and we don't have things that cause us that imminent danger, you know? So our body still has that fight or flight mode that it's going to switch into, but it doesn't know what to have that fight or flight mode to anymore, even though our chemicals in our brain are still wired to that. So people start having anxiety to really super random things, and we go into that fight or flight mode. Oh my gosh, I think I just made a breakthrough. Anxiety is like allergies for the body, right? Like today, today's anxieties are like allergies for the body, right? Like they're just normal things that happen to everybody usually. And your body just for some reason recognizes that as a threat yeah. to your body. And so it gets anxious. Uh-huh. Huh. So like I have a really good friend of mine slash coworker and he was telling me about anxiety that he's struggling with a lot. And he said that he'll get into his car and just driving causes him anxiety and he, he's like, he was telling me, I don't really have anything to be anxious about. Like, my life is pretty good, and I don't know why I have this anxiety. And I was telling him, well, you go throughout your whole day where you have something tiny that's stressful that happens and it causes you anxiety. So then your body's trying to work through whatever anxiety you have, then something else stressful happens. And you work through that anxiety, and you're still, and it just starts piling on and piling on until you're just like full blown, anxious, struggling. And. Because it's not a thousand or thousands of years ago, and you can't just run away from it. Right. Your body just doesn't even know how to handle it. And I feel like that's one reason why we're seeing anxiety so much today, is that we have not learned how to deal with things when a thousand, thousands of years ago, we'd just run away from it or fight it. Maybe. I mean, we were just talking about how there's nothing we we never, uh, we never disagree on anything, but... Um, my personal opinion is that people have become a lot weaker. Yeah. That's it. So that goes into the second part of what I was going to say. What I was trying to explain before is that people will go to therapy or a therapist and they'll say, I'm struggling with anxiety. And then they stop there. It's not like they learn how to cope with it or anything. That's what I'm saying. You have to fight through that like brick wall, that imagined brick wall to fix your anxiety. Because if you have it, you have it. There's no like getting around that, you know, but you need, we need to become stronger by working through it when, yeah, before 20 years ago, it was pull yourself up by your bootstraps and move on. Now it's okay. Work through it. Like figure out, get over it and do the work to get over it. Well, I think sometimes my view of anxiety is very unempathetic 
because I think everybody just takes everything super seriously nowadays, you know, and that's, that's what causes anxiety. Like I have a family member who, if I do something, then everything that I do affects their life. And I'm like, well, it shouldn't be that way, you know, because where I'm, I'm on my side, I'm thinking, you know, if it's, if it's something that I do, it should really, you know, be my problem. But like, if it's something that doesn't have anything to do with you, but yet you're related to me, then like, yeah, I understand if you're concerned and stuff, but like, I don't want, I don't feel like you should be getting anxious over the things that I do. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand the connection there. I don't know who your family member is that you were just talking about, but I actually know my, I don't know what, what they're saying when they say that, but I internalize my siblings' emotions, like, really, really bad. What does that mean? So, my entire life, up until about 22, to give a little bit of backstory here, I'm the oldest of nine cousins, and my entire life with all these cousins, I was told, You're, you need to be mom number two. You need to be the best example that you can for these kids because they're all looking up to you. You need to care about them. You need to take care of them. You need to babysit them whenever we ask you. All this stuff. And then I turned 22 and all of a sudden I'm not supposed to care about any of these kids anymore and what they're doing. Obviously, I'm supposed to care about them, but apparently, according to both sets of parents, I'm not supposed to have any, like, say in their lives anymore. And so they're all making all their own choices and and figuring out their own life. And a lot of their choices are like detrimental choices to their lives where it could lead them down terrible paths. And I'll try and get involved. And I'm told, you're not supposed to anymore because they're adults. They can do what they want. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, well, you've told me my entire life that I'm not supposed to or that I'm supposed to be getting involved. So that causes me a lot of anxiety. Wow. Okay. Because of all of like... And I, and I kind of get where, where your family member is coming from because I want the best for them and I want them to like do well in life, but they're not. So I try and get involved and all, and like I, I get in trouble for trying to get involved, you know? It's a mom mentality that they raised you with, but then they took it away from you. Yeah, exactly. Or they unburdened And so it, it makes me pretty, it's, well, they unburdened me, but it's in a, it was in like a very dysfunctional way because it causes me so much stress now, you know? Yeah. Cause now all I can do is sit here and watch them. And I, I have, I'm not allowed to have any say in it. But don't you feel that there's some sort of freedom with that? Cause I feel like there you would be. think that you would think that right off the bat, that that's what the case would be, but it's actually having, it's taken me a lot to try to rewire my brain to try and get to that point. Yeah. So for, I guess, I don't like the word anxiety. I don't like when people say I have I have anxiety. I feel like, like you said, maybe I'm unempathetic because in my mind, it's either I'm afraid of this or I can do this. Right. I don't tell myself I have anxiety because like the way it's used today is like, Oh, I have anxiety. I'm, I'm off the hook. Yeah. You know, I don't have to get better at this. It's kind of a scapegoat. So, yeah. So when people say, Oh, I have anxiety. I understand. I know it's a real thing. Obviously I think I've had probably one or two, anxiety attacks in my life but if you have the the kind of the mentality that it's like oh this is um yep i have anxiety so i just gonna sit on my couch all day yeah you know i actually i don't want to answer the door because i, think I have anxiety that's like, that's no, you're just afraid so why don't you go open the door people let their anxiety define like that's who they are they're 
they are anxiety or they're an anxious person. They're not like this person who struggles with anxiety. Yeah. And you know what else is funny is like, if you say this to somebody who has anxiety, it'll create a big fight with that person. You don't understand anxiety. Yeah. You don't understand what I'm going through. It's like, no, I don't. But I'm telling you that it's not that big of a deal. Right. It's something you can work through. You can. I actually agree with you on that. Um, I, I never say I have anxiety because I don't believe that I do have anxiety. Um, I can function very. The word is thrown around for yeah. anything. But when I am like, there are times that I'll have like anxiety attacks. And in those moments, I'm think I only think to myself, like I am feeling anxious right now. Yeah. Because of something, and then I can move something's through, going you know? on that's causing you stress or you're afraid of something. That's how you have to look at it. It's like, well, this is my opinion. I'm not a doctor, obviously, but. When, for example, like being a missionary is very stressful. Oh, yeah. Being a missionary, I was a missionary in Argentina. It's very stressful. And you have the on top of stress, things go bad a lot. So something goes bad. It's like sometimes you can you choose can... to sit in your apartment all day and pout and say, well, this is it. You know, this is my life now. Or you can just say, all right, well, I guess I'll go knock on the next house and just keep walking. Those are your choices. It's a fight. It's the same thing. Fight or flight. Yeah. You do have two choices. And a lot of people are choosing to flight, quote unquote. To fly, yeah. To fly, yeah. So, that's, in my opinion, that's why I don't like when people say, oh, it's an anxiety. I kind of... Sorry, go ahead, Giovanna. No, I was just going to say, I think it's it's good to, like, address when you're feeling anxious. Maybe you do have anxiety. Maybe you do wake up every single morning and you, you have anxiety. But it's so important also to find coping, good, healthy coping mechanisms that help you to get through it, you know? So one of mine, if I have an anxiety attack out of nowhere, I know that I haven't worked out in, I haven't worked out recently enough, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'll go on a walk and that helps me a ton. It gets just like my adrenaline pumping, my, my body It gets you focused on something else. Yeah, exactly. Do, what are your like, do you have coping mechanisms that you, that are yeah. healthy, healthy so, coping mechanisms? So I think, I don't know, I, I think a lot of people would describe me as, the most carefree person that they've ever met. I mean, here's another example. Logan has described me as the most outdoorsy person that never goes outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This dude's got everything you need for outdoor activities. And he goes out like once a month. Less. Less. I'm, I'm working on that. But um, I don't know. I think. Wait. Oh, how do I deal with stress? Yeah. So. What are your coping mechanisms? What are your coping mechanisms? My coping mechanisms. You got to find something that you love to do and that's easy to do. Like, you know, I have a variety of things. Spending time with friends, that gets a lot of the stuff off my mind or family. And then, you know, you got to you got to keep exploring. Like, I I keep I always find new series on Netflix and stuff like that to watch. That'll get you really invested. Video games is a really good distraction. Um, it's a good distraction, but you very easily can get addicted to it. And it, then yeah. it becomes something unhealthy. Right. And too much of a flight. Right. Flight coping mechanism. Going to the gym. That that one is probably the most beneficial for anyone because you're only getting better. It just makes you so, so much happier. Did you know there are multiple studies that have come out that say 30 minutes of consistent exercise every single day is better than any anti-anxiety medication that has that is on um, the, market. the market right now, like yeah, I believe scientifically it. proven, you can look it up. I, I believe it a hundred percent because a lot of people struggle with, you know, 
I'm going to use Utah as an example. You know, when I go to the gym in Utah, it's totally different than any other gym experience I've had in the U.S. <laughs> it's not Planet Fitness. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you go to the gym and it's like, I understand it can be hard to go to the gym here because it's like a catwalk. You know, like everyone's there and they're they're just showing off. Basically, you know, you have the, the muscle heads who are the stringers and stuff like that. The Instagram moms. The Instagram moms, the Instagram girls, you know, they're all wearing, a lot of them can be wearing like scandalous looking clothing and stuff. It can be super distracting. But I think once you get over that distraction at the gym and just realize <laughs> that you're there focusing 100% on yourself, your mood changes completely. Like I'm ex- I I get excited to go to the gym to see what else I can do. I get, you know, I know that because I'm spending time there, I'm only bettering myself mentally and physically. So, I mean, what, how is that like, how is that not the best part of your day? You know? Mm. So, um, best thing for me, hundred percent. Best thing is to have a routine. Yeah. If you have a plan, something that you want to get done every day, this is really, trust me, I'm very stressed. I'm starting two businesses at the same time and I'm taking on new clients consistently. Um, could be a very, very anxious thing to do. It's, it's really stressful. Stressful. And stress and anxiety go hand in hand, fears, all that stuff. Um, best thing is to have a routine. Something goes wrong, what's the next thing in your schedule? It's like um, it helps you look forward to something. And you can say, okay, I, I failed here, but in, at 3 o'clock I have this going on, and I, now I can move forward. I know not everyone's brain works that way. You know, I, my brothers are all different people and I have a brother that probably has social anxiety, I think. I mean, but you know, he, he doesn't work through it or he doesn't want to. And, um, anyways, but for me, it's like, okay, when I have anxiety, it's because I'm really stressed and there's something that I did wrong. But with a routine, you kind of just push forward to the next thing. And part of that routine, I think, is really important on top of exercise, which is part of the routine. Mm-hmm. You want to work out every day. But a big one is if you're a religious person, prayer. And if you're not a religious person, meditation. Yeah. Just having a moment to breathe and be by yourself, preferably early in the morning when nothing else is going on. You're just by yourself. It's quiet. It is so relaxing to have a moment to just think inwardly pray prayer is the same thing prayer and meditation are basically the same thing right um one's one's pointed towards god and one's pointed at yourself it's, but the, the idea is the same you're looking for answers and you're thinking you're pondering it's, it's a good it's moment a really to good internalize way. your day yeah and to think about or, yeah and then yeah. think okay this is what i'm doing today um if you're praying you know help me with this this is what i got going on if you're meditating you think okay i'm doing this at eight o'clock this is happening at 1030, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Envision yourself succeeding. I think, and I, I'm not a life coach, whatever, but this is how I would suggest to somebody, you know, but at the same time, I'm not super empathetic with people Yeah. Uh, when it comes to stress, when it comes to anxiety, because I deal with stress, a lot of stress every day. And um, that's what I think to myself. And if the day goes really bad, then I think to myself, well, I still got my wife at home at least. Yeah. <laughs> And then I get to come home. I and think, then sometimes she's stressed and then I'm like, oh, great. I think what you're getting <laughs> at is, you know, especially about the routine and the schedule thing, you can't, don't 
don't sweat the small stuff and don't cry over spilled milk or like all those things. You know, we're all going to fail every single day in our lives. Don't let those things, those little things either, create further anxieties for you throughout right. the day. Because if you focus on one little thing and then another little thing happens, it becomes like two little things that become one big thing, you know? Yep. I'll tell you a pretty, pretty uh, crazy story. So just recently, I got into a, a deal with somebody, partnership. Um, and um, right now... I know how much money he has in his bank account because we share a bank account and he owes me like $6,000. So for me, 25 years old, starting two businesses, $6,000 is a lot of money. Right. And he asked me for a personal loan from me to him for 30000 more, which I said no to. But anyways, that uh, creates a lot of stress because I know that that money's out there, but he doesn't have the money. So I know it's not coming back yet. Right. So every day I remember I have this money out there. It's, it's mine, but it's not, I don't have it. And I was talking to, um, Joanna's dad is a business guru. He's an amazing business person and, um, businessman. And he told me that there was a day in his early thirties where he lost $1.5 million on a deal. Wow. Lost it. Jeez. And then he started laughing about it and he's like, Logan, six thousand dollars he's like it's better that you lose six thousand at 25 than lose six million at 45 or 55 and obviously six million like probably not gonna happen right yeah that's a lot of money to lose but the the idea behind what he told me is i think a good principle it's like yeah six thousand is a lot for me right now but is it really that big of a deal if, if you're looking at your routine and your goals is that really what I'm going to let define me right now? Right. Did he let the 1.5 million define him? No, definitely not. You know what I mean? You can't let small setbacks and little things hold you back from being successful or trying your best because that's where all the growth happens. I think, you know what I just thought the way that anxiety and fear are different is anxiety is causing you anxiety issue in the moment where fear is causing you anxiety for the future. And so both of them just cause problems. It's not fun. You know, it's not fun to be anxious or fearful. No. Piggybacking off that. Like I think one of the biggest reasons why people could or are anxious is because they focus on things that they can't control. Yeah. I used to do that a lot and it gave it like created a lot of internal problems for me. But, like, I think now that, like, I'm 25 and, like, I kind of just realized that I am going to fail and there are things that I can't control, I think I'm a lot happier now because of it. Mm. And that's just the that's just the fact of the matter. Like, you, there, there are so many things that you can't control. You can't control what other people do or what other people say to you. You can't choose how they react. You can't control any of that. But you can control everything that you're doing. And I think people should find more comfort in that. And once they realize that, then I think a lot of their problems will go away. Uh, another good idea is um, being opt- uh, trying to be optimistic about it. When yeah. you're in the moment, dealing with the stress, the anxiety, or the fear. Um, uh, fear. Fears are sometimes different. Like a fear of heights maybe isn't necessarily something you have to get over. Right. You know? 
just say, okay, well then I guess I'm never going skydiving. You know, I have a fear of heights, so I like to try to overcome it. I ride roller coasters. Yeah, you love Cedar Point. Yeah, I do all kinds of stuff, but I, I'm still afraid of heights, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, one thing. So yeah, I like what you said. Like, you know, uh, if you go into certain situations with the mindset that you're already you're already going to fail or whatever, you've already lost the battle. Yeah. So be being optimistic. What I mean by that is there's something they call the refiner's fire where you, they take coal and compress it into intense heat. They beat it, you know, beat it up, whatever. Um, and steel. eventually you get a diamond. Oh yeah. Right. That's how diamonds are made. That's called the refiner's fire. So without that, without that intense heat and pressure, diamonds would not be a thing. It's the same idea in, in your life. When you're in that moment experiencing that, that intense stress, that's an opportunity. Like it's not, this is, there's two ways to look at it is, is the glass half empty or half full, you know? Yeah. You could look at it as an opportunity. Like this is it. This is the refiner's fire. After this, I'm going to come out on top. Even if you failed the experience, I've, I already failed one business. <laughs> I already had a business fail. Six months of working and advertising and everything. And so giving nothing, your best. Yeah. Not even a single dollar. And, um, my second business is, uh, succeeding. And I sold out to a partner and my third business and fourth just started. I'm 25 <laughs> yeah. and I don't think I'm some kind of like amazing business person, Yeah. but I look at every opportunity. It's like that I get, okay, I could fail. Yeah. But this is an opportunity for me to feel pressure to get in the fire and then see what happens, you know, at the end. Right. So basically what we covered so far is don't sweat the small stuff. Have an optimistic mentality. Routine. Root, have a routine. Be willing to fight through your problems instead of trying to get around them because you're not going to get around them. And I think with that, we're going to end the podcast. I'll say one thing. It's a huge disservice to yourself to not, not get over your anxiety and fears and to work through them because you could be such a powerful, good person if you work through them. Yeah, I mean, if, if any of you guys are comfortable enough reaching out to us and stuff like that, like obviously we're not mental health specialists or anything like that, but we're just three people that like to talk and... Therapy too, you've got therapy. Yeah, therapy. <coughs> therapy, oh, that's yeah. right. Therapy. Go to yeah, therapy. Giovanna's right, therapy can help a lot. Um, Everybody needs therapy. I don't care if you're the most perfect person in the world. Even perfect people need therapy. It's nice to just talk to somebody. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Can, Jesus can be Jesus. a therapist. <laughs> You have 40 days of therapy. I, I've been uh, way more pro-therapy lately, too, because you just don't want to project your issues onto your kids. No. Or anyone else. Or anyone else, yeah. Or your husband. <laughs> We're working through that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, we just want to let you guys know that thank you for, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We're here for you guys. We believe in you guys. And we are avid believers that if you put your mind to it, you can do anything that you want to. Email us. Email us, yeah. Reach out. We'd love to hear some more ideas for future podcasts. And and uh, we have exciting other ideas coming up for the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us on this wild ride today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is uh, Odin's Other Eye, Michael, Logan, Giovanna. Giovanna. Two freaking bangers in one day. <laughs>